Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. Welcome to another edition of your favorite radio show. It's it's definitely mine and probably uh, one of the few shows that I listen to while I'm eating and reading magazines and doing some other things. But I know that you're completely focused on what we're doing tonight because you're a big fan of our fearless leader. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Larry Conley radio show. And not only do you get Larry Conley, but you get the glue crew. That's uh, Mommy Lane and, of course, me, everybody's favorite uncle. Dave Conley. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce our fearless leader who's going to introduce our fantastic guest tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him, and he probably owes you some child support. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Deputy Chief of Training for Collinsville, Illinois, an all-around great guy, also known as a chocolate drop, Larry Conley. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, chocolate drop. Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't heard that since. was hanging out in East St. Louis. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little different then. Yeah, look, things were a little different back then, mm-hmm. but now, I'm not going back, brother. I'm not there going back. You know. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you. Wait, um, thanks for attending another or tuning in, I must say, to another episode of the show. And, um, and I just, um, summer just went just like that. I mean, uh, it was just like, I remember specifically, I was hanging out with some friends of mine down in, um, Dallas, Texas, Memorial Day. I remember saying, you're going to look up and it's going to be Labor Day already. And, and by golly, it's almost Labor Day already. And, mm-hmm. um, summer just went. And um, so we're we're back here again. But when you're busy, the time just seems to go anyway. And um, we've been quite busy. David and I just coming off a great um, presentation out in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with the um, yeah. um, Fools Convention. And man, you know, hanging out with a bunch of fools was uh, was was quite the weekend. But yeah. uh, but very very good crowd, very engaging. Um, we we had we had a good time presenting to those um, um, men and women of the fools up in at the fools convention, and um, I think the next one next year in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so they're going to do some yeah. some gator and all kind of um, crazy stuff. So hopefully, no one loses any limbs in that process. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, it was a great. Um, <clears throat> it had a great fools bash. They've been uh, attended. And all the um, all the um, different um, fundraisers and stuff went toward our, our, our firefighter brothers and sisters down in Hawaii um, with that with that um, tragic fire that's going on down there. Just totally consumed an island, so just just weird. But I was glad to be part of something that's doing something um, selfishly for our brothers and sisters in the fire service who are right now going through it. And that's what we do. And the other reason I like the fools too is because 
the fire service, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, so it's not anything that um, um, I think I don't want to attach anybody else to it, but um, in my opinion, there are um, some parts of the fire service seem to, in some ways, it's a good thing that got really, I guess, you know, I don't want to say commercialized, but it seems like there's some gap between the true grit of what we do. You know, there's, there's, it's a true, dirty, blue collar job. And, uh, and, 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 and it's hard for me to not incorporate that in my DNA of being a firefighter because that's what I did for 30 years. I mean, we, we had our things that we do as far as, um, mitigating a lot of different circumstances. But at the end of the day, um, your respect um, and things that you were held to a standard were, were your ability to crawl down that hall and get that fire or read, read the situation to know enough to know that there's a balance between um, going in and, and getting people out of disabled spaces and, and making sure you don't you know, kill firefighters, everybody go home. And sometimes um, you had to make that, people made the ultimate sacrifice. And, and for those who did, that's when you raise your right hand, that's what you, 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 you can't, in the fire service, you can't really pick up one end of the stick without picking up the other end of the stick. You pick up the end of the stick that I want the cool shirts and I want the prestige of being a firefighter. You also got to pick up the part that says, I'm willing to die for people I don't know. Will say that I'm willing to um, um, be inconvenienced. Just like I said, we just came off of um, five days in St. Louis of over 100 degrees um, with heat index is even higher than that. Uh, guess what was still happening? Fires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a few months, what's going to happen is going to be 100 below. And everybody goes, oh, Mr. Summer. Guess what's going to happen? Fires mm-hmm. <laughs> and responding. And you still gonna have to get at it. And uh, anybody knows Uncle Larry, you know, I'm a tropical brother, so right. fire fires years in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> but I did what I had to do. And it was two things that uh, child support, no. Hello, thing. Hello. <laughs> well, Chad, the index. Let me just be real with you. <laughs> the love the love for the job and child support. No, but, yeah, right. uh, uh, the love when you love doing something, um, you you're able to manage through the the parts that you really don't like. And I, I really um, and I found out how much I love the job and by doing it. And even though I didn't like getting up at three o'clock in the morning to fight a fire that is fourteen degrees outside where everything freezes. If you sneeze, the boogers freeze before they hit the ground. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. So you know, freeze and do that. Um, you know, it just wasn't pleasant, but it was it was it was worth it when we did our job, when we made rescues, when we saved property and, and life and things of that sort. <laughs> but you can't do that being totally a corporate firefighter. Mm-hmm. You can't do that being a person who who looks at this job as something that's cool to have. Um, you get the cool shirt and the cool stickers and, and, and get the right cool articles, but maybe only get 
three years worth of worth of experience, you know. So and a lot of times when I'm looking at stuff today, I'm not criticizing. Let me put it like this. Some of the things I see today are not necessarily the fault of the people involved because the fire service has done a very good job of putting itself out of business. I mean, unfortunately, as long as you don't have humans, you're going to have mistakes. You're going to have things that result in fires and people be put in perilous um, um, positions. And that's what we're here to do is to take care of that. But since it's less of it, Sometimes there's a false sense of that we're still as good as we think we are. And if we have that attitude of as good as we think we are, then we may not bring to the table our A-game when it's needed. We may not be ready to make that extra push when it's not convenient. We may not be ready to, you know, get burned a little or get hurt a little in order to make that happen because we, we got the self-preservation mode because we're so used to being comfortable. So sometimes the bad thing about putting ourselves out of business is that it lessens the frequency of real, you know, gutsy stuff that has to be done. So that's a good and bad thing, but all of us have to find a way as firefighters to find that gap between, um, yes, we don't, we don't have that much in, runs or that many runs, but we make up for it in training and we make up for it in not getting away from what we really here for. And that's what the fools really represent. They represent making sure that the traditions aren't forgotten. Um, why are we really here? Um, Dave Dabowski, who is the president of our local chapter, the Muddy River Fools, always says it's okay to love the job. He got that from somebody who I forget, but Dave is the one that was it's hard to say it's okay to love the job because most people just like it's just a job, but it has to be a passion in order to do it well or you know, it could get you or your team hurt. And I think that's because it's a segue into tonight. Two things are um, that light we came off of the Fools um, Convention, which continually remind me um, of how important it is to understand the essence of the job. And then how important training is because we do have runs and less fires and less emergencies. So there are a lot of people and, you know, I'm, I might get some tomatoes thrown at me, but a lot of people are going to be able to skate for a long time, <laughs> you know, and Paul Combs had a, had a cartoon not too long ago or, or a commentary discussing like you can hide as much as you want on the fire ground. But eventually it's going to catch up with you if you don't bring your A game. Mm-hmm. We don't want people, we want everybody, because you never know when your number's up. We never know when it's going to be your turn to shine and the spotlight just on you. And you're going to have to reach down from experience. You're going to have to reach down from training. And you're going to have to reach down from just some hope to really deep down, reach down and do what it's going to take to make a difference in somebody's life. So since we are kind of, re- had, there's been a reduction in our fires, um, probably not a reduction in all the stuff we want, we have to do now, because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we had to do now that we never had to do when I first came on the job. So that that's very dynamic in the changes. So we become an all-hazards type of industry, and that's okay, you know. But at the end of the day, Mr. Beginner, I said this before, 
if there was cavemen firefighters who had like different caves that was a firehouse and they ran out the cave with their buckets and there was an out of control fire, what they had to do was find the source of the water, gather a container, and then take that container of water to the fire. Then that evolved to fire hoses. And then they evolved to uh, fire apparatus and pumps and horse-drawn buggies and steam engines. And now, we, uh, God forbid, electric vehicles. <laughs> but at the end of the day, no matter how fancy your pumper is, no matter how much air conditioning you get, no matter how much fancy headphones and computer this and computer that, the essence of that is this. There's a source of water, there's a fire, and you got to carry that source of water through that fire, through the right size um, fire hose, to the right size uh, 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 appliance or whatever you got to do to mitigate that fire. And I'm glad to be part of that type of tradition because it does go back a long way, damn near to ancient times of putting water on fire. That's a principle that we'll never leave. As long as that's what it is, what it is, then we're in business. But you got to know how to do it. And you got to take it to that compartment. You got to know what the compartment is. You got to read that compartment, what kind of building it is, and what does it have, and how can it you know, break away on you, and, and, and when you know when to hold them, when to fold them. We just had a great um, um, couple of days this past week in Collinsville, when um, Chief Joe Nitter out of um, South um, um, South Milwaukee talking about fighting fires in, in restaurants, Arches mm-hmm. and Ashes. If you ever get to check that class out, get that get that guy into your into your system. I mean, he was outstanding. This might be the first time that I've seen like a whole department like even even the people were like, "Hey, we don't need all this stuff." They was like, "Because <laughs> he's that good." So anyway, check out Joe Nitter when you can. And, um, and and get him in your space to teach that class. But my point is, that's a unique compartment that restaurant fires, and that's so uh, you got to run in there. Why am I saying all this? What's what's the whole point of this commentary? Um, well, it's my show. No, but anyway, but, you know, this commentary is that it takes training. It takes training. You got people who got a passion for training. You have people who not fighting training, and and then you have good training officers to try to make sure that all of that happens. Um, I'm a, I'm evolving in this new position of trying to be a good training chief. Well, I've been training almost for, as long as I've been on the fire in the fire service. I think about six years in, I started um, doing some form of teaching. I know what I was doing. I was helping out with crew classes, but then that turned into something that. Um, that um, became a habit <laughs> you know, over the past 20-some years of teaching. But where I'm going with that is that I start seeing the value early of how training was so important. And anybody who's worth anything that you admire in sports or that you admire, um, you know, Army, uh, the, uh, our, our armed services, all that, it all gets down to how well are they trained. Well, lately, David and I have been talking about good home training. If you got good home training at the firehouse, then you're going to be good when you hit the uh, hit the street. And uh, so, that good home training um, starts in the firehouse, 
with a um, good training officer. And um, so we figured, like, if we can talk about this, let's bring on a good training officer. Um, and, and not me, but, no. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but um, our friend Dave McGlynn, and we're going to talk a lot about um, the training officer tonight. Um, his vision on it, he's really passionate about it. Um, and not only passionate about it, just has a lot of opinions about him. He's doing stuff about it. He's pursuing a degree. He's he's writing books. He's writing articles. He's traveling all over the country and, and teaching. Uh, we see him often in, in Missouri, went to fire school and um, FDIC and, you know, run into him on the road. Um, so we always have a very good, we had a very good conversation at FDIC this past year where, you know, it's kind of like, hey, Larry, say, hey, Dave, how you doing? And one thing led to another, next thing, you know, an hour in, we still there talking in the uh, speaker room or whatever, you know, so. But that's passion talking. You know, you don't have that much to talk about unless you got some passion in, in the situation, and that's passion talking. So, um, so that's what we were we were able to do. So I was very happy to um, to get him on the show. He has his own show. So it's not like he needs to go on people's show. He has his own show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look into it to compare. You know, like, but <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Dave uh, has his own um, podcast, The Training Officer. Check that out on Fire Radio, like this one is. And um, we're going to talk. David has a pretty extensive degree, been in the game for about 22 years. Uh, he was a captain at the U.S. Army War College. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it might be police area, um, Pennsylvania, um, chief of training in uh, at the Military Academy at West Point, New York. And right now, he's the interim chief um, in Letterkenny, Pennsylvania Fire Department. He's a published author. Like I said, he's the um, um, has a podcast, the training officer, and has a book, the training officer that he's. Um, I'm going to have available this fall. So I'm excited to talk to Dave for the next five hours that we got this show now <laughs> for, uh, for the time that we got him on the show and kind of talk about this whole, um, the importance of training, the importance of a good training officer and the importance of, of um, do you have what it takes? Because I think Dave feels like I feel like as go to training officer and the training um, program, um, as go the department that that you work for, work with. So, Dave, how's it going? Uh, it's it's good, Uncle Larry. Thank you for uh, for having me on. I told you in our thing, and, and you and I, you know, we've we've had some some offline conversations, so we, we we're, we're a lot more similar than we realized. Mm-hmm. But I do, I laugh like. Everybody does this, you know, they do the cliche, you know, oh, thank you so much. Love you, brother. Blah, blah, blah. I, I like, I sincerely mean that because I follow yours and, and your brother and your mother's show for years. You know that uh, I've, I've listened in, I've dialed in. I've, I, um, so I, I'm, when you messaged me and asked me if I want to be on, I was like floored. I was like, wow, like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I get to be on, mm-hmm. on their show. I'm pretty excited about it. So I'm good, brother. I appreciate it. I, uh, I'm just excited to be here, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good deal. So um, I know I kind of went over your pedigree a little bit, but is there anything you want to add to it, or did I say all the names right? Because I got a lot. Oh of no, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about my resume. I actually some of the stuff you were saying um, was some 
it, it's important. It's important for the for the for the the, the topic of the conversation we're going to have. So um, I love that you have your mother on here. And you said you know um, that uh, a lot of what we do, um, you know, and, and and how we are as as people, like in, in this in this specific realm, like you know, like what you and I are doing together, like you know, like you're you're training, I'm training. Um, you know, that part of it is, uh, is important for your upbringing from the house, you know, these, these kind of foundational things. I had my, I had the fortune to have my parents on the show, on my show, uh, like a year and a half ago. And, and, uh, and I just, I was listening to the show today cause I hadn't listened to it in a while. And, and, um, because they're not, they're not in the best of health. So it's a lot different now. So I was just glad that I captured that. And, uh, and I'm just like, in my mind, like, I'm like, it's it, it paints a picture for like who I am as an individual, and it's the same thing for you and your brother. You know, like these things that um, we go through in hardships in life and stupid decisions we make. Uh, having that the, them core values, that foundational thing back home, you know, that helps us become the adults that we are now. And and like uh, you know, like I find myself like when I'm developing people uh my experiences and, and, and my education is is from my upbringing it, you know before it's even part of what what we do in a fire service we deal with people in a fire service is a fire service you know it used to be called the fire department you know now it's called the fire and emergency services and i'm okay with that you know i'm all right with evolution like you said like there's some things they scare me about you know uh where where we're evolving to in the fire service because what people don't realize is as we implement new technologies forever the fire service is going to have to respond. And if we're not prepared, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough time. Um, so, you know, that'll be a separate part of it, but just, I wanted to just touch on that. Like, I think that you guys making this a family show, you know, you and I, you know, our bond, our, our brotherhood, our, 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 you know, you and I being family is, is, is our connection through the fire service. You're a person that I followed through the fire service and looked up to, and I had the fortune and the blessing of being able to connect with you. And now I know your family and they're not even part of the fire service. That's how that's, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing is like, what we do is, is, is we're in the business of dealing with people. I say that to everybody, you know, like, 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 this isn't just fire services stuff stuff. This isn't just how many fires you fight. This isn't just being salty. That's part of it, and that's cool. Um, but understanding people, understanding that that the humanistic piece, you know, uh, if 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 you suck at, at at being good at people, you're gonna be a terrible leader. You're certainly gonna be a terrible fire instructor and training officer. I can tell you that much right now, because there's so many different levels of you know, methodologies and how people learn and how we need to adjust to that and how people you know, take tests, how they perform the craft, you know, we have to try to adjust uh, how we work with them and, and the levels that we go through to try to get them to get it. Cause not everybody's the same. It's the same as baseball. Some kids can hit the ball and some kids aren't that good at hitting the ball at first, you know, it, 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 you, that's why the coach has to try to work with them and keep the, build their confidence and get them, get them where they're going. And that's why I was saying like your show encompasses everything that I value. And that's, and that's, and that's being in the business of, of, of people, you know, before anything else, like you, know, you got your family on the show. And, and, um, and I think that that's just so awesome. Um, because they, they, you know, we all, all of us in fire engineering and, you know, under the fire engineering umbrella, we all now have a relationship, you know, 
with your brother and with your mother, you know, um, that, it, like I said, it's just, we're in the, we're in the business of dealing with people. And, and just to, just to finish that, that spiel that I'm going on is <laughs> just that it's just like, it's an important characteristic, um, that a person that is going to, uh, develop others in a training officer position, they have to have that ability is to understand people, to value people, to connect with people, um, to adjust to how people think and, 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 and act. Cause as you know, especially more now in our country than ever before, you know, opinions are, are more open than they ever were before. And, 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 and we have to have that understanding of like, we can agree to disagree, but literally mean that not just say it literally mean like there's some commonality still, like we still love each other for this reason. And, and that's where we're going to get to find our goal here. You know, and I think that's one of the things we struggle with not just as a nation, but in the fire services, like people, like there's, 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 there's trained officers out there that either shouldn't be teaching anybody anything because they suck at the job period. Let's start there. Right. Or, um, in their mind, they're, they're the saltiest firefighter in the department. So if somebody's not cutting it, then they're like, just casting them away. Like, Oh, well, you, you know, this person just shouldn't be doing this. Like, well, that's your job, bro. Like you're supposed to be the one trying to show them how to do it. No, that's true. Um, that's a good point. And, um, and you know, I just do, um, you know, teach classes, whether it's recruit class or anything like that. I used to ask people why you're, I get new people at the firehouse. You know, what business are you in? They say, we're in the fire service. You know, we're in the fire business. And I said, well, let me change the paradigm a bit. You're in the people business. And we just have a, um, um, you just have a special set of skills to help people. And if you look at it like that, that you're in the people business with a special set of skills to help people, I think it, it, it changes that when it changes the paradigm. See, one, one reason we wrote glue in the first place on leadership programs, because what I kept saying, um, uh, well, I kept recognizing in teaching classes that people were dead set. Their end game was to be a great firefighter. And that's okay. But it seems like that's automatic. Like, of course, you want to be a great firefighter, you know, but they would want to be a great firefighter, but kind of really sucked at the people skills or or didn't want to open up the firehouse um, you know, because, you know, I don't want those kids running here. I'm trying to work on my boat or something like that. Or we trying to, you know, cook or whatever the case may be. Um, and they didn't realize or they didn't, it wasn't uh, understood entirely that, you know, your love for people has to be the leading reason. And then along with what you bring to the table is my skills to help you when you're in a, a difficult situation, not being a good firefighter, then, oh, okay. You know, I had, to, I had a fire years ago where we showed up to the run and we, it was dark. But it was fire um, coming out the second floor window. And I said, ooh, that's a lot of fire. So as I'm walking up the size of the building, I'm making my radio call. I got a two-story break, heavy fire on the second floor. Give me a first alarm. But as I'm saying that, I hear somebody screaming. And I look up. There's a lady in the window seal. Like, and this fire, the smoke is pretty much licking on her pretty good. So, you know, with anything, I don't care. People, they will 
I know that's a bad jump, but I would rather jump than get, you know, it was just a fight or flight. So she flew out the window and landed right in front of me, clack, you know. And it was like, Ugh, you know, so I basically made sure we had, you know, medical attention coming. But I remember uh, we had to move her quickly without doing a, an assessment right there. We had to move her quickly because there was debris raining down on the spot where she where she landed. So we had to move her to the vacant lot. So I remember I had to, you know, two, two of the guys that said, hey, um, tend to her until the medium gets here. And then we, we start deploying the holes for the, the, to put the fire out. Well, one of the guys was like, well, you don't want me to go with you to fight the fire? I'm like, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> then right. Fire. right, right. Get the medical bag to make sure that she's taken care of it while she's taking care of it. to a flame. Now, That's the problem. It was going to be a simultaneous thing. I wasn't going to all uh, d- uh, dedicate all resources to her. Meanwhile, I got the fire going. Uh, with maybe another person probably in there, uh, but the same token, I wasn't just going. So I told them what we got. We did like the post, the post uh, after action plan. Hey man, I know, I know. In the heat of the moment, maybe you weren't thinking correctly, but we just came like, oh, here's a lady who jumped out the window, just tossed the window. you'll be okay. You know, I know they're broken. You'll be all right. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> life, life safety, then proper consultation. That's how that works, you know. Right. So, uh, well, they figured they completed the search already. She was right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Her. <laughs> I, I don't think he did it maliciously. I just think you know, he was called up in the moment because the tunnel vision was like fight fire. Yeah. And, and people later, you know, instead of people, and then we fight. So our special set of skills was like she just helped us rescue her by jumping out, unfortunately, yeah. you know. But at the same token, she needs to be tended to, you know. So uh, I think she she lived and uh, and all that. But still, no, I was just it just makes me laugh. That's a good uh, example that I remember when um, people can have the wrong priorities in place, you know. But the store is at the firehouse, and 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 we we just got through um, pinning the draft, and we talk about this now when we do glue about good home training. And when you take care of business at the firehouse, just like uh, mom would attest to when we were at home and she would say, we're about, about to go out, we're about to go to a store or we're about to go to a friend's house, whatever. I expect you to act this way because that's the way I train, train you, you guys to act. If you don't act that way, there are going to be consequences. And since we knew that, then we made sure that we don't want, you know, to be embarrassed in public or be dealt with when we get back home. We took care of business. So people would see us and say, uh, Elaine, your kids obviously have good home training. So I kind of parallel that to the fire services when the training officer does what they're supposed to do, um, when your company officer do what they're supposed to do. And that's solid at the firehouse. By the time you get to the street, you will see who had good home training. Mm-hmm. And you didn't by their performance. Absolutely. How you feel about Absolutely. that? Uh, yes, I 100% agree with that. I think that that is important. Uh, those are things that uh, are extremely important. Um, but I, I want people to understand it's it's not a prerequisite. So I use words like that because you know we're we're, tra- we're trained officers, so it's just easier to use that kind of terminology. So yes. um, it's not a prereq. 
to have uh, gone through, um, you know, had 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 a perfect upbringing, um, because you know, unfortunately, not everybody does uh, have that, and 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 we know, you know, like uh, certain people, uh, you know, you can see like that that it's important, you know, like Denzel Washington, uh, he he had done an interview, uh, and he had talked about, um, you know, the where he grew up. Um, right outside Fordham in uh, in New York, and it's, it's it's a rough neighborhood. And uh, and he and all his friends that he grew up with, um, you know, they they had uh, you know they 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 had broken family or they didn't have family values or whatever. You know, the the, the mom was doing whatever, the father wasn't around or whatever. And and he he had them to his parents were like you know like the type of raised that we had like with your with your mom and like with with with, with me at home like. They were old school with that that kind of strict type thing. Like we expect this from you, right? So he had that, and he says, you know, like uh, that's that's why. Like he all they all grew up together, but he he went one way and they went another way. But I want I want to just say to people because while it's important and you and I share in that, I want people to understand that uh, every day in life there's a new opportunity not to reinvent yourself, but to to not to not put a period and close the chapter. Every day. I don't mean to sound corny when I say this. It's just a fact. I'm, I'm a living product of this. Every day, you are given an opportunity to uh, do something awesome uh, every day. And, um, and, and, and whether you had these fundamental core values or that strict upbringing to um, give you some kind of foundation uh, when you were young, you know, whether or not you didn't in our thing, in the fire service, uh, I feel like a lot of what I learned on how to, I want to say handle like, like condescendingly, but just in general, just handle and manage and, and navigate people and, and, and become passionate about training people and developing people and trying to inspire people is also on the job. If you care about your thing, if you care about, you know, like we're, we're talking about the fire service, you care about the fire service, you care about being a better firefighter. Uh, part of that is is taking some 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 self-reflection, some accountability. Nobody's perfect. You know, I, I used to do some stupid stuff back in the day when before I got on the job and and I'm not proud of it. But but where I am proud of it is, is it gave me a frame of reference. So it's OK that you have something to fall back on and look back and say, like, hey, you know, like. I don't want to do this again. I'm going to be here. So reinvent yourself and, uh, and, and, and reprioritize, you know, your outlook. And you can do that through, through, through things like, like, like training, uh, you know, uh, like, like being part of the fire service, like, like, uh, you know, starting to understand people, starting to read more, starting to listen to things like this more. Uh, like I said, you know, this is a beauty thing about what like this, like a podcast like this. Like we don't just talk about fire service stuff. We're talking about life stuff, right? So um, that's why I was passionate about the book, the way I wanted to put together the book. I wanted to tell my story on things that I encountered. Um, and, 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 you know, we weren't just going to talk about lessons and methodologies and, and smart objectives. And we got some of that in there. It's a training officer book. It's a life book. It's about how to deal with people. When you're in that position, when you're, you know, in, in this position where, you know, you're, you're, the person responsible, you're in a position of influence, you're the person responsible for the development of your organization. And furthermore, how these people turn out as people, 
because a lot of what happens is, is like, and you see, you know, like just the same as growing up in home, like uncle Larry, I know, you know, you know, like we get some firemen in our firehouses that they, that their experiences self self inflicted their experiences and how they deal with people in the firehouse spills into their personal life. And then they're assholes, excuse my language, but then they're assholes outside of the firehouse too. You know? So it's like, if you're able to conduct yourself in this manner where like we're kind of on a pedestal, this is general public just has this view of us that we are, that we represent integrity and, 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 um, and, and, and something of greatness, you know, uh, something that's special, then we got to walk that walk and, and heavy weighs the crown. It's a lot of responsibility. It can be a lot of pressure, but nonetheless, like you have to embrace that responsibility and as a training officer you need to encourage people to understand it, it this is more than just dragging hose and, and searching hallways that's cool that's the cool part about it like you said about you know a woman jumped out the second floor like that's a big deal that's like oh shit like didn't didn't expect that to happen and then the boys were gonna go run in with you you know to go fight the fire instead of attending this woman because that's like that's where i think that we failed I say we because it's a shared responsibility. That's where I think that we failed as we trained people is we only trained the hard stuff. We only trained the fundamentals. We only trained dragging hose, throwing ladders, going down hallways, you know, that we didn't put as much emphasis on all these other things that go along with it. And one of those, if not the most important, is the people aspect, how, how you handle situations personally, uh, you know, with empathy uh with, with, with sympathy with regard to other human life but then also you know how to adjust your priorities like you can't just get tunnel vision and get stuck on this one thing especially an art thing and that's important for us as train officers is we need to just not just teach a lesson plan on like here drag line through a hallway but like here's why and here's what you should look for and like you know what i mean like and here's what you'll go through when you go through this dark room and you can't see anything and your imagination takes over and here's what you're going to start thinking and you know, I always say, like, just in my own experience, I remember one time I got turned around in a fire. We were searching a fire and I was searching. I went to the left and um, I was low and I got stuck under a dining room table. And I'm like a bull in a china shop. I started just throwing shit around. I'm like banging. I went to get up and I'm, I was under the table. So I banged my, my, the back of my helmet against this table. That scared the shit out of me and hitting chairs and all of a sudden my imagination took over and I'm like thinking like, Oh my God, like I'm in like, I must be like in like a hoarder area where now nah, I was in a diner. Mm. Is it after everything was cleared out, it wasn't even as bad as what I had made myself think it was. Mm -hmm. I thought I was stuck and lost. So like, that's kind of stuff that you need to, to be able to, to, to relate to and, 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 and talk with your people about is this, this psychology piece of it. We don't mm. need to be Freud. I'm not Freud. You know what mm. I mean? I, and I don't want to be, um, but, but what we do as humans, but especially in a fire service is, is, is we need, you know, we deal with everything through psychology. We need to understand that that's an important factor that we need to be able to represent well and also pass on to our people is how to, how to understand, how to process, how to relate. I think that we're missing the mark a lot on stuff like that. I think in the spirit of Chief Bronsini, uh, where he was, when he first started really trying to, um, drill, home the customer service aspect i know you got pushback from that oh, we're firefighters who cares about mrs smith as long as she's if she's in trouble we're going to help her but other than that you know who cares about this customer service stuff but i think that was one of the the the, the pivotal points in changing that paradigm of like 
we are in the people business. And when you're in the people business, um, um, we have to think that way in order to be effective. You know, um, when you're at the, at the firehouse, um, that people business, and I think that's another thing to evolve even more on that foundation that was um, kind of made more popular by Chief Bernsini is um, take care of business at home with your people. Because if you, if Dave and I say all the time in our class, if 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 you can't care, empathize, and love the people that you know that you work with, how can we trust you on the people you don't know on the calls? It's not like when we show up they, they, at roll call, they tell you, okay, all of these 12 people are going to have problems today. <laughs> so be ready to handle that. You don't know what you're going to That used to be the thing that I used to love about, uh, that I learned to fall in love with after I got on the job. Most people have a very, very predictable it's kind of like almost like my job now. It's like being administration. I kind of got an idea of what I'm going to be doing every day, what project, what kind of movement I'm going to make on something, what deadlines we're trying to meet, meetings that I have, whatever like that. So um, it, it is what it is in, in that regard. However, um, one thing about uh, being at the firehouse when I was, um, you know, a company officer or just a firefighter, period, you don't know what your next call is going to be. You don't know if it's going to be a lot of calls. You don't know, you know how long you're going to be. You don't know what you don't know what problems you're going to have to solve. So it's always fun for me to say, "Man, I don't know what problems we're going to have today, but I'm glad we're ready for them." Or, or you handle it, or you learn lessons from it. However, that's what you can't control. That's what you don't know. What you do know is predictably, if everybody shows up to work, you know who your crew is. What you do know is if you've done it right, you know, their family dynamics and stuff like that and how they place into who they are, what they contribute to. These are things that you know. And if you really concentrate on the things that you know and control those as much as you can or manage those as best you can, then to me, that gives you that much uh, more foundation to handle the things that you don't know or the people you don't know or the situation you don't know. But all of it is very important. It, I think what happens when we don't do that, then it does kind of leave you op- more open for mistakes and mismanaging of situations that you handle. But you got to take care of things at the firehouse that you know. Even if you're talking about this person has different politics, different social or whatever, all those kind of things, those need to be handled there because you don't show up and say, is this person whose house is on fire, a Republican, a Democrat, social um, issues, whatever like that. We just go get them. Did they cheat on the SATs, whatever? You don't, you don't judge. You That's, rest. You like, know. The, like the feel, remember Rescue Me had the, 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 the uh, sensitivity training member and, and uh, Leary, Leary says he, he never cared if, so, you know, what, how, what somebody's religion was, what color they were, what, what, what gender they were. You know, he said the day that 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 I refuse to go and save somebody, pull somebody out of a fire or fight a fire because I I care about something like that. That's when you can come and take my pink Irish You know, I mean, like yeah, we, yeah. the fire service, and that's what we need to continue to train people on. Right. right. Is we don't see that kind of stuff. You know, like almost like we're like masters of that. Like we should be mm-hmm. masters of that. You know, yeah. like, like the public just 
their, their expectation is, is we're going to fix it. And, and yeah. our, our response is to meet and exceed that expectation of like, I don't give a shit. Right. Where you, where, where you, you know, where, where you're at morally. I know right now, you know, you, you are somebody that I need to try to help because that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm a servant mm-hmm. and I have to serve mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I'll rescue you, but I'll let God judge you. Dang, my yeah, job. yeah, right, right. Amen yeah, to that. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not my job to judge, right? Exactly. Right, right, right. Not my job. I'll let God. David, that's not a t shirt we're going to make. But anyway. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. I'll judge you. I'm just going to rescue you. Right. But, but, the, um, but where I want to go with this, and this is where I want David to kind of chime in, is that we had um, Chief uh, Freddie, Freddie Fernandez on um, a couple of shows back. What I like the trend is, and, and David and I have been kind of trying to hit on this for as long as we've been doing our personal leadership training class, and I'm glad to see a lot of people are feeling the same way. And it's just like you said in your book, um, you know, I got a lot of stuff in there in just generally how to, the raw um, association of, of building those relationships and dealing with people before we get to the tactics and, and strategies. Um, in, in Chief uh, Freddie's book, and he actually mentioned us in his book too, Dave, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, in Chief Freddie's book, he talks about, he's the, the first five, well, David, uh, the first five or six chapters are just about uh, resource information, uh, um, building uh, uh, building your character, building the characters of those, influencing the character of those around you and things that sort I mean, that was the first five chapters, even before we got to, okay, here's the clinical stuff that you need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm glad more people are recognizing that. And then you seem to be doing the same thing in the same vein in your book. And uh, because, uh, because David and I believe that, that if that's not a primary focus of your foundation, Everything else is not going to be as effective as you may think it is in just being a firefighter. Right. David, David Conley, they're kind of. I think when we start talking about passions and, and people having a passion, like a lot of people think they would have a passion for a job like the fire service because they have a fire for a uh, passion, excuse me, for extinguishing fire alone, you know, or something like that. But your whole thing is about. Um, customer service and about, you know, the, the people and about being effective for the people who would call 911 on their worst day and expect you to come and be the best. And so I think it's good for training officers and for the training officers to inspire, but for other people who are in the industry to do a self-assessment and say, hey, do I have a passion for this? What is what is my passion and then align that passion with what the um what the mandate would be if you will or what the um the call you know of the people would be for you in that job which is to which is to mitigate any sort of emergency that they have and that's not just you know a loss of property and I'm good but we're talking medical, we're talking, make me feel like somebody who really cares and who's competent and passionate about it, showed up to handle the situation, not just uh, somebody who's removed. Fire service professionals are an integral part of the community. Um, And I think a lot of times we have a disconnect between 
who we are, meaning what we have a passion for and what it is we do, meaning how we deploy the training and the tactics we've learned to facilitate the who we are, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of times because uh, we may have, you know, trained on how to, you know, take this hose into the building or how to work this new technology or whatever, in a lot of industries in the fire service is not just, you know, this is not just for them, but in a lot of industries, we lose sight of the connection piece in lieu of the new technology or the tactics or whatever, and then wonder why uh, we get, you know, sort of an ineffective uh, result because we've lost that. And where that starts uh, in the experience of helping uh, with going around training and talking with folks and things like that is in the engine house on those teams where you are uh, interdependent, you know what I mean, uh, working with each other on that level. If there is not that connection when it should be that easy, I'm saying you are really, really connected to these people more than you are the random person who calls you and says, hey, I'm having this emergency. If you can't make that connection there, and and, and I mean for synergizing your team, I mean for the purposes of, uh, you know, learning how to interface positively even around things like what we're going to eat for dinner. If you can't do that, when you get to where the pressure is hot, that's where you have those disconnects where you say, yeah, this lady jumped out of <laughs> out of building. Should be all right till we get back from you know doing what we really came to do, which is to you know face this fire. It's, it's easy in those high pressure situations to lose sight of you know the 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 balance of efficiency and effectiveness. I efficiently put this fire out and effectively did that. However, this person died because everybody left them. <laughs> to go and put the fire. So did we really win or did we lose by 50%? You know, so it's it's important to to have that understanding, but we got to do what a lot of people don't want to do. And that is that sort of introspection, that sort of ability to look inside and determine whether or not we have that passion. And if we do, then align it properly with the mission. And that job falls uh, on the individual, but it falls on the the training chief and the training department, I think, to help people to figure that out and to figure out, you know, and, and not to slight anybody, but to figure out if maybe this is even the vocation for you, you know, because if you get into it uh, so you can, you know, maybe get a, a staple check and whatever, you know, I'm saying uh, working is a noble thing, but you also ought to ask yourself about what your calling really is. And so if you're in here putting out fires, but your calling is actually cooking, maybe you should go and do that and you would serve the world better by doing that as opposed to, you know, taking the spot in space from somebody who would really have a passion uh, for this or whatever. And so you see that a lot too, as the people will be in the fire service for years and years and years and, you know, they, they either never had it or they lost that passion or got misaligned with it years and years ago. But they they think that they are firefighters because they show up for work every day as opposed to it really being something that, that beats inside of you, you know. And so I think that, that what you guys are talking about 
is about finding that, getting that sort of communion with other firefighters who uh, are that way, developing that, honing that iron, sharpening iron uh, with other fire service professionals who feel that too. And then you taking that best out to the community as opposed to somebody who's just kind of kind of getting by because they've missed out. But let me say this now, stop. The fire service, you know, God, God bless people who have such a serious job. But customer service is gone even from, like, fast food. I was about to name a place, but then they'll sue us. And, and let me just be honest, if we don't have enough money for the laugh track, we don't have enough money for a lawsuit. But, um, but I mean, you go in, you know, for a burger today, they give you taco. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, you see the guy, like the comedian say, you see the guy, he's in there with a McDonald's shirt and all those own pants. And you know what I mean? Just there's no sort of spirit of excellence or customer service, even on on the level of saying, I'm going to be in food service, let alone something where you're saying, I'm here to, to save lives. And that's a dangerous thing where everybody gets to just do enough to get by where mediocrity wins the day. And it used to be a thing where you really challenged people um, and it, was, it wasn't it was supposed to be done in an abusive way. It was done in a way to see, I'm going to put this guy in a crucible and see if they really have a passion for this particular vocation or whatever, or I'm going to promote uh, a certain spirit of excellence. And that is where I think like the company officer comes in is your team the best it can be? Are you proud to say, this is my team, these are my folks, you know, my professionals, guys and gals going out here to, to make this happen. I know they are the best and I know they're the best because that's the spirit we have. Or am I just letting everything, you know, go with a real laissez-faire attitude towards it? And we'll hope for the best when we get to these emergency situations as a, um, citizen who would be the one calling that scares the crap out of me that those types of people are basically in something like that i don't want them in police or fire you know and so you said something that made that triggered the thought while you were talking um about why customer service is important we might be one of the few people left that customer service is not formed off a of contract Number one, like you said, you walk in some of these um, places, you know, fast food or or the dollar store or something like that, and people just are not as customer service friendly as they used to be. You know, it's almost like you getting on their nerves ordering a hamburger mm-hmm. or wanting, a, you know, something out the dollar store. You know, you you interrupted them because you you asked them to check you out to do your job. But another thing, what made me think about it is some of these big retail stores, uh, discount stores are now having you check out your own stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they didn't get rid of the, the, the friendly customer service cashier to say, how was your day? How's it going? Paper, plastic, or whatever. And you got to pack your own stuff. I started going to the break room at Walmart and say, hey, you know, I'm tired of scanning my own stuff. And putting yeah. them in can, you imagine, can you imagine we pulled up at the engine and just That's said, right. okay, you yeah. figure it out? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going with that. Oh, I was going to get from you know, I was just getting ready to say that you took the words you saw. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We pull up. Nah, you good. We pull up with the fire truck and say, okay, 
the hose is right there. <laughs> the the pipe holes are there. Uh, go handle your business. And uh, we'll, we'll be here to take the fire truck. Uh, back to the firehouse. Right, right. Or look, don't even don't even go drive the fire truck there. Just let them get scan a code, a QR code yeah. to get into yeah, the Yeah, yeah. Come in like it. like a rental car. You know, yeah, you yeah, rent, exactly. rent a fire yeah. truck, you know. Yeah, you know so we're all laughing. Let me tell you something. Thirty years from now, that's that's somebody's gonna invent something like that. Yeah. My house is on fire. Yeah, well uh, go to this unmanned it might just have one firefighter just because you need a human to man the, mm. the systems and stuff. Yeah, right. you know, what do you need, man? Well my house yeah. is on fire. We Fire. Okay, well, uh, th- there's an app. Did you download the app? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. well, scan the code on the fire truck, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then you can have it, and you, know, you got to leave a deposit. Oh, <laughs> man, if you, know, if you bring it back home. scratched up, you know, right. you're going to have a problem. So, you know, um, God forbid. No. <laughs> you know, I hope yeah, I'm yeah. dead, dead, and more dead by the time something like that happens, you know. So, what I'm, I'm, what I'm saying now for the present day, we can't have the attitude of the worker, disgruntled workers, some of these retail places, right. or we can't have the attitude of like, hey, go serve yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't see this coming. I mean, I saw it happening when I was a kid, when my grandmother used to drive us to the, uh, she stopped at the gas station. She pulled up, she ran out the little holes out there. It took me a minute to realize the little holes, holes thing on the, um, thing was the bell. So she pulls up, ding, ding. And then the guy, the attendant comes out. When the attendant comes out, he walks up. Hey, what would you like? I like, I mean, dollars regular. Okay. And while he's filling up her gas, he's cleaning the windows and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Taking all all that stuff. You're on your way. Man, imagine that. Imagine you brought that back, you know, but now it's self-serve. You know, hey, I ain't going out there. You know, you in this little bulletproof booth and you know with bad customer service and you know and that's your problem whatever mm-hmm. like that so it just you know it just so everything so now we don't went from the from the for the my grandma used to the filling station we went from the filling station to a, a retail store to where like mm-hmm. hey you just got to pump in gas might as well do your groceries too mm-hmm. and uh and that and that's that you know so um but we as as, as our, our industry hasn't evolved to that. And I hope, I'm, we're being funny, but I hope nobody's sitting there thinking right now there's some brain uh, some brain um, uh, collect right now getting together and trying to figure out how to make that happen. Because, but, but, I mean, but they are. Really but they are. are. And they are to, they are, exactly. to, to the lowest common denominator of mediocrity rule in the day. Because what I hear all the time in a lot of different uh, industries is that whole it doesn't take all that sort of mentality. You know what I mean? It's mm. it's that way on on some of everything. It's it's crazy. And I'm just you know I bring everything back to martial arts. But uh, when I study karate coming up, it's everyday practice, everyday practice, honing the moves. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Now you want to get big money and getting you know in a promotion like the UFC. If you got enough power to knock somebody out, you can be the champ. Like you don't have, <laughs> who train, who trains? You know what I mean? It's just you just get in there and do it and 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 wish for the best. So I'm saying, but that plus the technology is just making it where everything is so hands off and so I don't know, not excellent centered or whatever is like right. you're not even trying to be. I don't even think there's a clear definition anymore of what excellence in any vocation 
would be, which has got to be a tough call. You guys tell me, but a tough call for training chiefs, you know, the, the amount of pushback you get for even trying to make people excellent or, or practice that. It's important that we pass on those values, you know, let people, um, let people evolve the things that need to be evolved. Obviously the, the beauty of what we do our thing is we've mastered evolution. I always say that like, you know, like everybody gets mad about change, you know, and, and, and in the firehouse, you know, Uncle Larry, you know this, you know, like, you know, like people joke, you know, like what a fireman, you know, two things firemen uh, always say, you know, that they hate the way it is and they hate change, you know, but, mm-hmm. but the reality is, is we have embraced it because the fact is, is that we never stopped doing what we're doing. Like our, our, our key objective, you know, our, 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 our uh, what is the core value or whatever in the fire service is, is to protect the lives and properties of our communities. We never stop. And think about all the things that have changed since the beginning of the fire service. We never stopped, you know, like we still, we still go and do that. We still provide that service. So I think the, the biggest key takeaway in all that we're, we're laughing about, but, but that, um, that we that we that we're discussing here is is that <clears throat> the training officer needs to teach their people um, that this is a service industry mm-hmm. and uh, in, in everything around you where there's not service anymore this is the one thing that we can't not give service to we have to continue to provide a service to the customers we have to continue to 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 implement human you know the the humanistic thing i I joke i say you know like i'm never going to divorce my wife not just because she's a hot puerto rican but (laughs) but because (laughs) i could never get back in the dating game right it's so you know everything's on these apps now like i I didn't get by i got a face for radio brother you know like my wife's gorgeous (laughs) like like i didn't get by on my looks i got by on my game on my rap you know so so swiping right wouldn't work for me you know what i mean (laughs) so so that's the thing is like we gotta we have to it's important it's imperative that in at least in you know in in the fire service thing you know we have to 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 stay strong on keeping these Mm -hmm. people understanding that uh we have to value service and that we only exist because we provide a service and that the general public expects that service and, and make them understand that that's the priority you know, and that, getting that, the salt that, on your helmet. That's like that's still effective. I think the right. the messaging out there now, not to cut you off, chief, but the messaging out there now is that uh, disconnect is somehow better for the bottom line or better for efficiency hey. or whatever. But it's it's really not. It, uh, the connection is the thing that ultimately works works better do you know what i mean and so we gotta we gotta keep that in the forefront of everybody's mind and all of the new people and how that's uh that's coming across you know i know at the beginning i was talking about you know the courage it takes to make that extra push even if it might cost you your life and that's you know a lot of times that's kind of the de facto part of that represents bravery those are what great stories are talked about Bobby Halton used to do when he did his five speech at FDIC he always had examples of like and this person fell four stories and they still crawled out you know and lost their leg but they picked their legs up and limped out the road that's bravery you know, you know. <laughs> um, 
And so it's, it's not a short, but, but maybe the bravest thing today is truly having those courageous conversations with each other. Maybe the yeah. bravest thing today is connection where we done lost connection. Maybe the bravest, maybe, maybe those are brave frontiers that need to be highlighted as well. And I know they're not going to sound as sexy as <clears throat> somebody who grabbed a severed leg and, and he limped out and, and hopped out the out the burning building with it. <clears throat> um, but 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 with the with the danger of disconnect disconnection um, with each other because of politics, because of social issues, because of all that kind of stuff that can happen in the firehouse. Um, then and then it leads to this disconnect with the public who pays your salary. Mm-hmm. Then it's, it's you know maybe the bravest thing we can really promote these days is company officers, training officers, whatever, is to um, is to create a culture where that's a safe environment and that's mm-hmm. practice there. So once again, by the time you hit the street part of your training has been your ability to connect. Maybe there needs to be more classes on empathy and, and connection and especially uh, yeah. now because everyone is identifying there's more public these days than everybody's identifying who they are. And whether you agree with or not agree with some of the things is not really the, the thing. Respect human beings period at their base. And and when you do that, then you're able to synergize that team at your firehouse, which helps you mitigate things better with more empathy and more quality control on the on the on the emergency scene. Mm-hmm. But when you have a disconnect at the firehouse, how do you think you just go automatically just click into hero um, mode when you get to the firehouse scene? And especially if your one track man is thinking, if somebody's trapped, I'm gonna go get them. Yeah, that's that's we all understand that, but the majority of our calls ain't rushing in the burning building and getting somebody. Mm-hmm. The majority of our calls is what eighty five percent of your calls, if not more, is EMS calls. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you deal with that, that builds the foundation for uh, well, we want the bondage you pay us for this, so we want uh, the the public buy in for this because some of the the per the permanent thoughts in some people is that firemen don't do nothing but go to the firehouse, watch TV, and sleep all day. Uh huh. And, and, and we have yeah, and we have we have to. Uh, so we already kind of in the uphill battle because some people are never going to get past that, and that's okay because we do sleep and eat. But we're there mm-hmm. twenty four hours, and that ain't all we do. And uh, one one thing right. that the PIO in St. Louis did. Uh, Gary Mosby, when he became the PIO, the fire chief charged him with highlighting everything that we do. That's why our, 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 uh, the um, department was on live rescue. That's why on a, on his uh, his Facebook page and social media um, outlets, um, he's just highlighting um, different things um, that we do that were not highlighted before. Don't think right. highlight sit down in front of the firehouse or or not <clears throat> countering the all y'all do is sleep all day thing. So in order so another that was another way to connect with the public to have more of a holistic um, um image of the fire service, you know. Um 
Well, wait, right quick before you get off that point. Yeah. I think what we're also saying and talking about is habits. Yeah. And it, you're going to develop a habit. Think about people and what they've got to realize. You're going to develop a habit one way or the other. If you do nothing, you're developing a habit, actively developing a habit of laziness and, and, mm-hmm. and complacency. Complacency. Thank you, Chief. And if you uh, go the other way, then you start developing a habit of excellence, of good muscle memory, uh, and that kind of thing. So if you want to get some good muscle memory around connecting, around uh, customer service, uh, around excellence, then you need to be practicing that, and you definitely need to be practicing it uh, at, at the engine house and when you're not at the emergency. So when you do, that habit kicks in because when you get under pressure, how you end up performing is what your habit is. If you ever wanted to know what your habit is, chances are that pressure brings out exactly what your your default or habit is. And so if you end up uh, performing in a way that's anti-customer service, that's what you've been practicing. There's no right. way that you've been actively practicing customer service as a habit and then get out in the public and start kicking kids and cussing old ladies out and whatever you with that uniform on. There's no way, you know. <clears throat> And no, you're right. And, and and it also hurts our image. Like you were saying, Uncle Larry, you know, like marketing our image. If you're that type of person, when you're out in public, that's the perception the public now has of the fire. That's why I say to everybody, I'm like, yo, you, you know, when you're wearing the shirt and you roll up with the fire truck, that is a billboard oh my God. that you now how you acted is it, the, the, the general public doesn't say, you know, Dave McGlynn was acting this way. It's the Letter Kenny Fire Department acts this way. That's how they do it, you know. And I'm try. I try to tell people like, hey, this is why. Like when we, when you like, even if in your mind you're right, you start yelling at somebody. Like you know, we're, we where I work, you know, I work for the military. Like I'm a civilian, but I work for the military. So <clears throat> we get on scene and and like we've had these these people like think they're superior because they're 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 military folks or whatever. The fire alarm be going off in a building and they'll silence the alarm or reset the alarm before we get there. So this is an education piece. Don't go over there and start screaming at these people because guess what? They're the bean counter. Mm-hmm. So when I need something later, they're going to be like, yeah, I remember your fire inspector was yelling at me about resetting the alarm. So I ain't buying you new gear. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. You know, like, I need that, you know? <clears throat> so now I'm with you. Yeah. No, that's, uh, we say that too. You took the words out of our mouth. We say the same thing. You're always riding around with that billboard. You need to represent. Yeah. So, but that also says that this is bigger than you. Right. And when it's bigger than you, then you need to act accordingly. But it's hard to be too, it's hard to accept what's, and, and submit to what's bigger than you when you don't have good common practice of your own personal mm-hmm. leadership in that and what that your contribution looks like to that whole thing. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not fair always get my check or whatever and you got to realize that you are a very integral part of of what that organization is all about mm-hmm. um and dave when you so when so some of the uh, i know you you know we, we've been talking a long time about the customer service aspect and all that kind of stuff and yeah i know there are some people who are going to listen and say okay well they talked and i'm glad we did because it it's it's important foundational um yeah but for those who say, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fast forward past all this uh, mushy, uh, get along with people stuff, <laughs> and, and get to the brass tacks of uh, 
of a good training officer and, and, and some of the things, some foundational things you're passionate about um, as far as the um, brass tax and being a training officer. What would be that conversation? How would that look? We, as somebody who is responsible for the development of others, you're in that, I call it a position of influence. I don't call it a position of power, position of rank or authority. I call it a position of influence, especially the training officer. But I ain't leader, but especially the training officer, you're in a position of influence. And uh, today, more than ever, <clears throat> we need to, 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 to stress on training our people to value service and, 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 uh, and human beings and, and people. Um, but I'll also just say that um, I think I'm so, I've become so passionate about the, the, the training realm um, because I didn't realize, and, and you, you know, I know you can, you can relate to this, but like uh, how, how much responsibility you actually have as a training officer to others, to your organization, from the, from the bottom to the top, um, you know, you, you literally, you quite literally are the person that, 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 that touches everybody and you are responsible for everybody. Um, you know, they, they, these people, they write books about and they quote, and, um, you know, they're, they, they're, they're, uh, presenting at FDIC or they're uh, doing the keynote or whatever. We're part of, we have a hand in, in, in them getting to that, right? Uh, showing them the values and morals and, 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 and the right way, teaching them the fundamentals as well as the tactics. Um, you know, you have to be passionate about training. You have to respect it. You, you have to have credibility. You know, like, like uh, we started the show early enough, uh, you know, the name of the class that I teach at FDIC is called Do You Have What It Takes to Be a Training Officer? So I cover all this stuff, you know, there's, it's not just, you don't just put a, put together a program, you don't just enroll people in classes, you don't just send people away to classes, uh, you know, you don't just uh, sit there and, and do the death by PowerPoint and be like, yeah, so that says that like they could read, bro, like they know what it says, you know what I mean? Like you're just reading something that they already read. Um, <clears throat> but it's explaining to people like one, like, and Uncle Larry, you know, like we, we bastardized training over the years in our in our thing because either somebody used it as a segue for a promotion or they went there as a stowaway. Like either you were an undesirable. So they were like, well, we can't, we can't fire them cause they get, you know, we got a union. So we're going to just, we'll stuff them in training and, and hopefully that, that, that the problem will go away. Well, what they don't realize is then we ended up getting 20 just like him. Why? Because he was the training officer. So he had, he had this span of control and this ability to connect with, with other people to, to spew his bad habits. So we stowed him away, but really what we did was we just, we just infected the whole department now. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I want, you know, the listener, I want the, the a takeaway of, of any of my message that I, that I have this, 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 this blessing to be able to go around and talk to people about. Don't do it for that reason, man. If you're, if you, if you don't value people, if you don't value things, if you don't value uh, growth and development and uh, you don't believe in, in trying to, um, help people become the best version of themselves and you don't understand the importance yet the difference between sympathy and empathy, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be a training officer. Mm -hmm. You just shouldn't be doing it. And I know it's sexy, you know, like, like here's one thing, man, like God bless Bobby Holton, right? He did a great job of, of taking what, uh, what, what, what Tommy Brennan and Bill Manning had, you know, he, he did a great job of, 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 uh, of making it 
huge. You know, FDIC is huge. It's just nobody can touch it. I always laugh. Like, they're always still like, oh, you know, the other conference. I'm like, I mentioned it, but the other conferences. And I'm always like, no disrespect to them, bro. But, like, you don't really, like, got to worry, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's good that you keep them in mind, but you're okay. Um, yeah, Bobby took it to a huge level. But, however, with that, we get some ingenuine people, some fugazis, I like to call them. Mm-hmm. You know? I knew you're gonna laugh when I say it. No, but um, you know, we we do. We got some folks, and I'm not gonna knock the you know our thing. Just in general, like we, we you both go all over the country. You see them, you know. Um, we got some people that 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 uh that they Google the buzzword, and uh and 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 they all of a sudden they they create a Facebook and an inter- Instagram or a Twitter page. And, and that are an internet sensation. They're a subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I feel is my, is, is 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 my my duty from you know from from God to, to do in, in in our thing is uh, is to create establish some preventative uh, uh, preventative maintenance through awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. There's no room for that. I won't teach a class that I'm not a subject matter expert in. Know your content. Be passionate about your content and reason why you're passionate about it is because you know your content, Mm -hmm. you know why you feel the way you do about it. And you want to try to inspire others to see how you see it and and let them then make the best decision based off the information you gave them. Mm -hmm. But don't take training for the wrong reason. Don't just become an instructor or a public speaker or a training officer as a segue to either get promoted or for Mm -hmm. notoriety to to gain fame. That That ain't. We're, we're bastardizing. We're bastardizing the fire service when we do that. You got a person that's seeking it for fame and they get on the, on the, on the public sector, on a big stage, like, like we, like we've had the opportunity to do. Let's say they get a room, they got 150 people. I say span of control, five to seven people. So 150 people just went back to their firehouses and they just passed on shit content to five or seven people. Mm-hmm. You're ruining the fire service when you don't know what you're talking about. So mm-hmm. that's a, my biggest thing is, you know, you don't have to be an SME and everything. But you need to believe in what you're what you're what you're what you're driving at with people. And that starts with, if at all, the end result is is just trying to make people understand and value that that we're in the business of dealing with people. This is a service industry and uh, we need to understand and respect human beings. And then um, then we adjust to how we, we we conversate with them. That's how you that's how you, that's that's the that's that right there is the pavement for us to drive to getting the tactics and all the other stuff that comes along with our thing. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to value that stuff. That's mm-hmm. the important stuff. And speaking of, I was talking about Gary Mosby earlier, the public information officer in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> and we tease him cause we call him Hollywood. I mean, he got the hair, he got the whole, you know, he got the whole look. He's Hollywood. All right. And uh, so when he made captain, the only job he said I ever had as a ca- fire captain is being the PIO. And uh, I mean, we, we, we all grew up in the same firehouse, in the engine house eight, but uh, Garen, when he became the PIO, we were right in the middle of having a big bump in the heads with the mayor. And the mayor was trying to promote this whole thing. Like the reason we need to go after their pension is because um, they're taking advantage of you, the citizens, by getting mm-hmm. with these fat pensions and all that. So he did a hatchet job on us as far as that concerned. The fire chief, when he promoted Gary, said, as the PIO, we want your, your mission is to is to change the the um, the image and of the of the fire service in the public eye. So we need to counter what the mayor and the politicians who agree with the mayor said. 
Right. That was Garen's job. But Garen loves the camera. And he got the voice. He's practiced. He's Toastmasters. He's done the whole thing. And what I'm laughing about is he's passionate about it. I'm not laughing, but I'm just saying it, it supports kind of what you're saying. And the reason I'm saying it is because a lot of people, previous PIOs, that was either we ain't got nothing for you to do, so we're going to put you there. It was a punishment or whatever. And every PIO said, how long do I have to do it, Chief? And mm. like, yeah, maybe a year. Okay. So they didn't really lean into it. They didn't invest in it. They showed up at fires. They made their appearance on the news describing it. Then they were done. Garen leaned into it. It became his passion. And we always see because I'll be having a conversation with Garen. Like, hey, man, you doing? hey, what's up, Uncle Larry? What's up, man? We, we shooting it up, you know, doing Northside bro talk, you know. What's up? Then somebody turns the camera on and be like, hi there. Like there's something that goes up, like, hi, you know. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance, kind of Google uh, Gary Mosby and look at some of his periscope things describing the fire or talking or talking about something going on in the fire service. He's very polished and all that, but he decided to bring passion to that position. And nobody mm. in my 30 years has done it better. Everybody's done adequate jobs, but nobody's been passionate. That's why you guys ended up being in that, that unfortunate circumstance politically with the pension was because of nothing against the dudes mm-hmm. that were in it. Mm-hmm. The former uh, PIOs, PAOs, they, mm-hmm. they they didn't know how to advocate yeah. for the mission, yeah. and he did. Mm-hmm. So now it's an easy counter. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna. St- it's yeah. not like you're not gonna get a politician try to yeah. try to do it again. Yeah. But now you got ammunition. Yeah. Be like, all right, yeah. well, you want to have yeah. this conversation? Yeah. Let's have this conversation. Yeah. Let's have it. Let's do it. You know. Right. So anyway, that just when you said that kind of reminded me of a person. He was the person that came to mind. Somebody who took one of those positions where. Historically, fire service just throwing somebody in, you know, for what and Garen took in just like he he, he turned into Hollywood. And he and right now it's just like now it's, it's going to him a lot of other stuff. I went to uh, uh, early this year, went to um, 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 Emmitsburg um, for the National Fallen Firefighters because we was honoring one of the people we honored definitely was um, Firefighter Ben Poston, who was on my crew, mm-hmm. that died, and Garen was there. But Garen was the MC, and I said, well, what you "He said what happened last year. They we talked and whatever. And now he's he, he just wasn't up there for Ben. I think in the future, if somebody needs to MC the thing, Garen's going to be the MC because they saw his work. That's awesome. Like, that boy good. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now you know. So he's uh, he's uh, so he got a national. And he already had the kind of a national. Um, 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 identity anyway, because when we did live rescue, he's one of the sub, su, um, subject matter experts on live rescue. And so when that show was in this heyday, he had to fly to New York once a week to shoot that shoot that show. You know, yeah. it all became that all came from him being very good locally in the St. Louis Fire So a lot of times when you are passionate, you end up in a lot of blessed positions, you know, and David and I attest to that. We just, we've been passionate about this personal leadership. And I, I was, I was like everybody else sitting in the audience one day at FDIC watching the keynote speaker. And it was kind of playing my head like, you know, it'd be nice to get up there and really share a message with, with a lot of people. And, and, and we just believed in it. 
And then one day, the next thing you know, like, <laughs> we're doing what? <laughs> but that's based on the passion and the commitment of what we do. And um, so, um, and then uh, I was, I was, another thought came to mind when we were talking about as a training uh, officer, you don't have to um, be a subject matter expert in everything. Matter of fact, I think it shows more strength when you're humble enough to bring in people who are. And it's just like with the restaurant fire we just had with Joe Nitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, in general, I know fighting a fast food restaurant fire, if everybody's out of there, then what's the point of going in? Because just like they, um, one guy uh, had a conversation with Bobby Hawk years ago, and he's having this conversation with a builder about the restaurant. And he was like, uh, he was when he was a battalion chief in um, Albuquerque. He was, and the guy was like, you're getting on my nerves with these questions. Don't if you if you go in and put the fire out, that's good. But I don't care if it's a significant amount of damage. We're going to bulldoze it down and stick another box on there. And mm. by Tuesday, we're going to be selling burgers and fries again. So don't lose firefighters in the place if you already know there's no light. Right. So I know that in general, and and I, it's important to me, and it will be important to me as a company officer and definitely as a training officer. But I'm not passionate about it. You know who's passionate about it? Joe Nitter. <laughs> He's, you know, I mean, this is how dedicated. He he drove down from Milwaukee, talked to Claire, then drove back to Milwaukee. You know, and yeah. and, and, and and Milwaukee from here is like you know six hour six hour drive or whatever. You know, so that's how much he wanted to come do it. He's recommended by my good friend Forrest Reader, and we all talked, and we me and Joe was figuring out how we don't know each other. Because a lot of our same circle of friends are the same people, you know. Mm-hmm. Just uh, hey, here, here's my terms. Um, hey, I ain't got to fly nothing like that. I just drive down and drive back and and whatever. But the class was so uh, it was very informational. But the thing that people took away the most was was the passion, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people resonate with it because yeah. they they, yeah, yeah. they feel it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. feel the message. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, most definitely. So that's why I like your message about as the training officer, don't just um, do it as a a filler of checking boxes. Get to know people. Um, I mean, your people. I mean, get to know the people in your department. Um, identify one thing is that's on my on my list to do list of things as a training chief is to do is to identify those who also have a passion in training. And, and things like that within our ranks and then do some succession planning. Cause I spent 30 years in St. Louis. I'm not spending 30 years in Collinsville. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> right. I won't have no teeth to nothing. We operate responding from the nursing home. You know, so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm not spending 30 years there. So I have to be thinking about succession planning. So I'm there to lay the groundwork for how that should look. Mm-hmm. But then I'm looking for someone to come in and, and, and move it further ahead, you know, and hopefully yeah. somebody within the ranks because they already know the system and, and they can um, prepare it for future generations. So I got to think of it in that regard too, um, by identifying those people who are passionate about it. I'm passionate about training. And then now be, to be able to segue to a training chief was a blessing for me because I've always been passionate about it, you know, outside of even working in St. Louis because 
I enjoyed <clears throat> the basics of showing up to work and handling where we had to do a truck 13. But I also enjoyed, like, on my four days off, I was on the plane somewhere where with the ISFSI, me and David meeting up somewhere or whatever and doing some type of training. I did a lot of stuff on committees with the ISFSI with, you know, principles of modern fire attack, basement fire, you know, committees and things like that. And even um, the training officer book we got, I was a contributor to some of that as well. And um, mm-hmm. so outside of just working the shift, it was cool to work for the fire service and not just for the fire department in helping with the fire service. So um, so now that has segued to a blessing of, you know, doing the um, training chief over in Collinsville and basically having a blank slate where I have to build it from scratch. And that's even mm-hmm. better because there was no secret. It's nice if there's a training plan. It is. And I'm not trying to say to, to, to go away from that because maybe that one works and then you just need to understand it and then build off of it. But just in my experience, like I was a captain uh, on an engine company and, and, and we did a lot of company level training. We didn't have a designated training officer position. And I took the, the training chief promotion up at West Point. This is a bigger department and they're a significant department. They're in the public eye. You know, West Point, you know, these are the people that they graduate out of there. They run the military. They become senators, congressmen, mm-hmm. generals. Not that that's a, a, a good thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think they sometimes sell mm-hmm. it. So that's a different that's a different podcast. <laughs> but, but, but where I'm going with that is, is that they they represent um, greatness and leadership. Right. Like that's what that's like the, what they spew out of that organization. So the, uh, naturally, the fire department has to meet the same kind of standard and expectation. Mm-hmm. That's the public's expectation. So to have gone there. I had this opportunity to inherit nothing against the predecessor. He was, uh, we, we spoke, he had retired right before I got there, but he kind of like was in retirement mode and he had been slighted for a couple promotions and he just kind of like checked out and, and, and that's okay. Cause that happens. It actually worked for me because it made me become so passionate about training and learn my gaps and the things I wasn't good at because I had to basically like reinvent a training program from the ground up that met the need that uh, you know uh, had the service delivery capabilities and the mission uh, that w- that we had while meeting the public expectation of like the, like the name of this is West Point mm-hmm. and, and like that shit's on the news mm-hmm. we, we need to be all right with what we do mm-hmm. so um, you know that there's just that piece is like a, you know that that opportunity to kind of re- create one from the ground up is nice because it really if you care about it if you're passionate about it. I mean, that shit makes you on your game, you know, like you're just like, you know, you know, Uncle Arab, I'm saying like to the listener, like, like, just like that, that's like, that's where you're really going to find your true self. You're really going to see like how good you really are. Um, And then you become that student of the craft, you know, just when you thought like, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. You're like, oh man, I got to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I say I I stay in my lane and then I form out what, um, what I'm not, because I, I told my uh, my department already. Um, I know some people are like, "Oh, you gonna come over? You come from St. Louis? You gonna do all train us all this stuff?" I'm gonna train you on the on the on definitely the basic stuff that I know and some you know elective stuff that I know. But since I don't know everything, I know a little bit about everything. I'm not gonna insult you with death by PowerPoint on something something that I know a little bit about. And I'm depend on the PowerPoint. Um, because I'm blessed to have a vast network of instructors, um, 
uh, throughout the country and because of our fire engineer and family, um, I'm always going to try to get the person in. Like that person is the, that's that's the bottom line person right there. That person is the person for this type of training. And if we get arranged to get them in to Collinsville to do the training or do something for the area or region, then that's that's where my energy is going to go. Stuff that I know how to do, yeah, I'm definitely going to be in the forefront of that. But um, but I don't want to us. I don't want to do the department a disservice by giving him something maybe as good as I know about it. It's still going to be mediocre compared to somebody who's passionate. Right. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm always get the passionate person as much as I can. I've been lucky now that the few people we've been able to get bring in on different subjects, they've been that person. They've been the go-to person in that in that particular um, subject matter, and mm-hmm. the department has benefited from it. So I don't want to have that kind of arrogant. If I'm be arrogant about anything. So uh, you you read about that guy? I can get him here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, right, right. I can get her here. You know, so yeah. stay in my lane with that. You know. But again, that's part of the passion, anyway, of the uh, the person who's in charge of training is to make sure that you get the the best person to train your people. And if that best person doesn't happen to be you, then you know you have the passion to say, I want to make sure I get top-notch people in here to make sure that, you know, my people get get the training from the the best source as opposed to them getting trained from your ego, you know, which is not <laughs> the right. 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 So that's the thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I like that. Don't train from your ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. It is, it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the day in the life of a training officer looks like um, – what to you? I know you're the interim fire chief now, but then the life of a training officer, what does it look like to you? Uh, so it, it's funny, you know, the, the training officer is like a guidance counselor, you know, mm. I didn't realize that, you know, um, so like everybody wants to to tell you their problems. And uh, so understand that <clears throat> typically the training officer position, it comes with a level of rank, especially in like an organized department. And sometimes it's a chief's position. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you're not anybody in, you know, in, in, I'm talking about just on the professional side. So because you're not a, anybody's direct line supervisor, they're actually comfortable, more, more, more comfortable to come and approach you about, about things that they're going through. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, be a really good listener as a training officer to, to situations and people's problems. But um Honestly, man, every day is like, I don't, I don't say this in a negative way. Like, like, um, you're chasing stuff for a good reason. Like, uh, you know, I, uh, while I'm the interim chief, we promoted one of our captains to, to, to being in my spot. And, uh, he was like, yeah, man, I didn't realize like how hard it is. Like just to, just to make sure that we have like the, the topic scheduled because like you got people on leave and, you know, this guy's on the trade and everything like that, you know, and. And then finding the amenities, you know, like the resources, like we're going to run this drill. Like, oh, do we have, you know, the the type of things we need in order to make this drill go, go, go off with it being, you know, uh, applicable to our, to what we need to do that they're, they're going to accomplish the task or, or are we just going to kind of like make our way through it. And so every day is that is, is finding these ways to network with people is finding these ways to, to, um, 
to communicate with people, to to uh, research information, new content, uh, ch- chasing a schedule, you know, chasing the problems. This is stuff that I talk about in the book is 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 like, you know, uh, I, I call I have a chapter called the challenges the training officer will face. And one of them is is uh, is is that is, you know, uh, scheduling. The volunteer side is even harder, you know, so I'm not just singling it out the career side. I mean, the volunteers, these guys have career jobs, they got families, and now you got to drill and, you know, you're only able to stand it up this one time during the month trying to get all those people to be available or to be want willing to be down there for the drill during that time, you know, mm-hmm. for drill night or for the training session. And this is a lot of stuff that the train officer finds and, and, and you, and, you know, and you, and you find yourself, you know, like I said, not, not in a negative sense, chasing problems. You know, you, you, you end up uh, finding a way to make it happen. You end up finding a way to readjust. You know, I tell people you got to have a ba- have something in the chamber. You had a, a drill plan for six months, right? And then we, you know, it was, it was going to be a pretty substantial drill. It was going to take a couple hours, dedicated time and instruction and, 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 and the guys running through the motion. And we just had a, a work and fire that morning. It was a pretty heavy, heavy call. You know, we were there all day. Maybe we're not going to do the drill that afternoon now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, give the guys a break. So you got to readjust and find out how you can schedule that later. This is a day in the life. I mean, this is every day, you know, corresponding with emails, you know, uh, re- researching content, trying to find, like you said, subject matter experts, trying to find money in the budget to bring people to come and present a, a, a topic or something to your class. You have EMTs or paramedics. You're making sure and ensuring that the, the, the you know, the, the curriculum meets the, the standards so that they can get their continuing education credits. And you're just like, it's overwhelming. People don't realize, you know, like there's a lot more to it than just a guy that kind of sits around, does nothing. Like if you care, you're responsible for a lot of stuff and, 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 and always, always be ready to change. You know, like my grandmother always said, you know, you want to make God laugh, tell me you have a plan. That's the life of a training officer. Yeah, you, you, you want to make you want to make the fire service laugh, think that you showed up with a plan that was going to go 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 off exactly how you had it in your mind because it almost never does. Yeah, I'm experiencing that now. <clears throat> a lot of what you're saying resonates with me now. It's my, you know, day to day. And you're right. You know, kind of the image that might come across is that you just really in your office clicking through the computer, or you just pulling training stuff out of your butt or you making people do stuff on the learning management system that, you know, just because you got a very vast variety, but it's part of a, it's a method to the madness and part of a master plan is not just as simplistic as assigning training because mm-hmm. um, in, in Collinsville, not only do I have the training officer, but it's the safety uh, uh, officer. The uh, <clears throat> When you talk about developing a, a, a document or a SOP for um, even exposure um, control procedures and all that. That's something that, you know, that falls under my purview to do. And not to mention the chief has divided um, projects among the three chiefs, the fire chief, the chief of ops, and me. So I got those projects to do as well. There's never going to be <laughs> no work to do because every day I come to work, there's definitely stuff to do. Um, incorporated with that. And that's not the problem of the um, guys on department because my job is to make sure that they are trained to, you know, the the best standards that we can offer them, you know. But nonetheless, like you said, it's a never-ending cycle of stuff to do. And uh, and I'm enjoying it 
from this standpoint. I was telling somebody a lot of times when people ask me, well, how's it going? I said, well, for I feel like the guy who never did leg day at the gym. For 30 years, I was, you know, lifting weights in the streets, you know, tires and doing whatever. It's all, this is all street administration. Right. Uh, I, I never, I never had to limited administration, administrative duties from the company officer standpoint. And I could always finish most of that um, before my 24 hours was up. When you got an office job, you're, that, that, that's never, it's never ending. Mm-hmm. Administrative looks like the skinny legs at the gym. I do have skinny legs. Anyway, <laughs> I look like the skinny Why legs. The analogy yeah, is so, yeah, saying, so now I have to, you know, I got, I got administration making me do the leg press and the, the, you know, right. <laughs> right. and all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, and like you, I'm going, I just started, I got it after, uh, you know, I started the, uh, getting started my master's program and uh and do that you know so it could just help add to it so that's good um as we wrap things up <clears throat> i just want to tell you once again thanks for agreeing to be on the show and and kind of talking training it probably definitely won't be the last time because we we both have um, a passion for what we do and there's always more conversation i know we had longer conversation than this in the speaker room up at Right. Yeah, I see, you know, so uh, that, that could have been a podcast. Is it? Right. That should have been. We, we should have recorded that. About some weird stuff. It might be a little more raw. It might be like a rated or podcast because we got. Yeah, I was going to say, we might we might have to do that one like without yeah. the fire engineer blanket over it. We were sharing some real stories. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but that's what passion is all about, you know. Uh, uh, you know, you, you sometimes it's not properly scripted, so to speak, because mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know. But um no, nah, but anyway, I see you see you uh, got your class this year, so we got our class and um um David has a pre conference and I got the hour for Oh nice hour. man, that's awesome. Yeah, Congrats. So we're all gonna be there again at the big reunion yeah, and then I think we have the uh, live from FDIC like we did last year and they did a really Good job of upgrading and talk to David right. Rhodes about that and how they made that the booth. The booth, yeah. With the you can see people walk past and stuff. And I said that I, we, we, you, 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 um, you had something going on. So, um, when we met for the board meeting thing, mm-hmm. uh, that was brought up, and uh, and I chimed in right on that. I said, listen, like I've been because nothing against Tammy, yeah. But like you remember, like live, how live from FDIC yeah. used to be, yeah, like you know. So for it to be closet. on that, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So for it to be on that, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a real production. Yeah. Like this was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, you know, well, that was a great way to bring bring a lot of attention to that to that segment of, of right. You know, so it was a good deal. So it's evolving. I'm looking forward to more, you know, innovative leadership things from um, Dave Rhodes and. Um, and he, I thought he did a great job last year of stating that he's going to, um, you know, um, he he's going to build on what Bobby built, but he's not Bobby, and like right. he took ownership for who he is. And then he said, "I'm I, I'm I was sitting next to you." Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. "I'm staying here in my shoes." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, like yeah, yeah, man, I got all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was like, yeah, do it. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> it was good to see. Uh, him really take charge of being the skipper, so that's that's good stuff. So, and even this new format with the uh, with the podcast is new, right? Based on he wanted more dynamic and all that, and um, so it really makes me look good when I look at the playback. Because boy, that, that looks good. 
<laughs> yeah, you, not me. You see, you missed it before I was telling your brother. I can't even get in a dating game, man. I got to face radio. So I don't like the new podcast format. I'd rather just be out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's, it is more personal. So I think, I think people visually seeing, you know, talk adds more, adds more to it, you know. So that's a good thing. It makes yeah. it real. Yeah, it looks yeah. like because you're looking at the person while you're yeah. talking. It makes, right, it, it, makes right, it easier right. to have a conversation. Put a face with the voice, you know what I mean? Right, right. So um, mm-hmm. to wrap it up, um, I guess we go David, Mommy Lane. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start out with our guests, you know, kind of um, wrap it up. Something I thought that's the David you meant. This yeah, is so oh, confused. Any, any parting. <laughs> so confusing. Any, any parting <laughs> thoughts with Mac? The great game. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. We'll go to, then we'll go to uh, DC and then right. Mommy yeah. E and then mm-hmm. LC, you know, so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll make it quick. I listen to we so real quick. So for, for people that are on on the show, the beauty of the new format is nice. You can watch the video. You got the two hours to watch the video. That's great because it's worth it. I'm not saying it because I'm on. I'm saying because we cover a lot of great stuff that we talk about at the kitchen table uh, and that we talk about at both kitchen tables at home because my wife and I have these conversations She's in the firehouse. You know what I mean? Um and then, and then at the firehouse. But then also, if you're listening to it, because uh, they, the fire engineering still does the uh, the streaming thing on uh, on on like iTunes or whatever and all that. Uh, you know, if you if you paused or whatever, you got to this point. It, it, the wrap up is just that there was a lot of great stuff. So, um, I want to just say the the cliche, but I do. Uh, you you and I were cool, and, and Dave, you know, I've had the blessing, to, you know, three brother to get to know you. So I'm cool with both of you, and 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 I've been following the show. And for me, stuff like this is surreal. <clears throat> to like, I'm a fan of what you do. So to be as a guest is like, you know, this stuff is still processing for me. You know, I uh, I love people that get, give the right message, you know, or thing. Um, so I've been following you two for, for a while now, and I've been listening to your show, you know, before I got a show. Um, so I do, man, like it's huge for me to be, uh, uh, just have a conversation with you guys and feel comfortable having a conversation mm. with you guys. So thank you for being the people you are. And Mama Lane, thank you for, 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 for doing, for doing right and raising them. Right. Cause they, I told you that a couple of years ago, a year ago, you, I remember you had Frank Ritchie on and I called in. And I told your mother that then, you know, like that she did a great job raising you guys because you guys are you guys are aces, man. You know, like you're exactly like the type of humans that people need to be. So thank you for that. Yeah, but uh, but now, like, listen, man, thank you. And I, and I I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate everything. And I just want the listener to understand, like, you know, like, like we, the, the, if the, the biggest takeaway of all this <clears throat> is understand humanality understand human beings understand compassion understand sympathy empathy and if you're aspiring to do training do it for the right reason don't be afraid to 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 be resourceful and ask somebody else that's passionate about something that's truly a subject matter expert if it ain't in your wheelhouse but if you're going to deliver content make sure that you know it and that you're passionate about it um people resonate with that yeah thank you absolutely Yeah, I um, I've I've been forced to go around the country with uh, this jacket. Um, wait, we're still alive. I'm sorry. I've been blessed to go around the country with my brother. That's what I meant to say. Let me read this teleprompter. Um, <laughs> and meet a lot of great people. And at uh, 
Winter Fire School. Uh, Dave and I got to talk. I believe that was probably the first time we got uh, to talk and had a really great conversation then and then have subsequently seen him at, you know, around the, the FDIC and some other places. And it's always uh, a good time and always good to connect with people uh, like you, Chief, who are like-minded, you know. Uh, and I think people like you make the fire service better. And so I got a lot of respect for you because, um, you know, in the world where mediocrity seems to be trying to rule the day, there are a few people who are standing there trying to hold the line and you're one of those people. So uh, it was great to have you on, great to get some thoughts and insight. And I took, you know, several notes or whatever uh, myself and can't wait to, you know, read your book and then, uh, you know, talk to you maybe again about that next time I see you. Um, so thanks a lot. We should have you on again because, you know, we don't get to even cover everything in the, in the one call, uh, the one, you know, show. But still, uh, again, appreciate you taking the time to give us and the listeners uh, your insight. So God bless you, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, too. Mama, mm-hmm. what do you got to say, Mama? Well, we had some technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. That's because you was dogging your son out when he mm-hmm. couldn't get out. I told you, wait long enough. <laughs> now, now we can start the show all over again if y'all want me to. Don't start nothing, it won't be nothing. That's all I can do. But anyway. She, she must pride herself on the fact that she was the first one to be in and ready. Somebody was, you know, tardy, which, you know, I never allowed that when you were going to school. But anyway, it was still a very good show. I was very uh, interested in hearing what you had to say. And uh, kind of, you know, learn some new things. But we definitely do need to have you back. So maybe I can uh, participate a little better without having the unforeseen. We were almost, we were having thunder where we are. Mm. And uh, and so that, I think, might have interfered for a minute. But I enjoyed the show just listening. Mm. You had some very interesting comments and some very interesting thoughts. And uh, I, you know, really look forward to you revisiting us. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, Mo. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for um, the continuity of of tapping into what I think a lot of great leaders are doing um, lately is I, identifying where some of this might be getting off the rails in 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 our culture, kind of. Um, kind of glorifying some of the secondary, um, um, I, I guess, secondary victories of being in the fire service and not identifying the primary victories, which is um, personal leadership, which is um, um, customer service, things like that. Uh, we don't want to get so far off into everybody going for the shiny you know, the shiny object of like, hey, I'm a firefighter and not tap into what it's really all about. And it's about selfless service to people you don't know and having the passion and the patience to work through it because I've been um, cursed out and 
people want to throw stuff at you and all that because they didn't think you was handling the scene well. And and mainly because they just don't understand the scope of what you have to do. That's going to be safe for your firefighters and actually safer for them, you know, in the long run. But they don't understand that just coming from an outside um, um, attitude of not understanding what we do. Um, it's easy to be ready to clap back to them, and like you said, and, and with that billboard behind you and that that um, you know logo on your chest. So you have to be bigger than you, and you have to practice that at the firehouse. You got to practice it at home. So by the time when that pressure cooker hits in the street, you're ready for that. You have a better chance of surviving and not losing your job and not losing the the confidence of the public. Um, that's training officer stuff that we need to talk about as well. That's just the brass tax. And if you just totally focus on the brass tax of, of what we need to do with our hands and, and, and techniques, then we miss a crucial part of the why. And has the why. So I'm glad that um, you um, think that's important. I'm glad that you teach about it, write about it and all of that. And so, um, that made that continues to make for a great connection between us two, and um, and not only that, you know, our our passion for continued education and and trying to do things better and trying to make a difference in the fire service. These are important attributes that if everybody adapts some of this, it'll make a great seem to make a great fire service that we can pass on past us because we got to be thinking about how good are we are today. <laughs> How does that affect tomorrow? And some of the great authors and leaders that we've kind of mentioned here on the show and mentioned in the past, they laid the groundwork for where we are today. We have to not totally buy into like it don't take all that or whatever. And also factor in that even though things have evolved, there's some things that should, some principles that should never stop. And so the fire service has always been in the people business. But as much technology, as much, um, is it like one, let me say this right quick. At the firehouse, you know, really encourage that culture of everybody eating together and stuff like that. Because right now we're building firehouses where everybody got their own room. We're building firehouses where everybody just go along, go, go somewhere with their phone or their iPad or their computer. And everybody scatters. When I first came on the job, everybody stayed basically in the kitchen with the newspaper and the TV and all that. And we got to know each other a lot better. When the phone call, sometimes we call it the phone call because you know how everybody, that must be Dave farting again because I know how that's, that's his signature farting. While everybody's sleeping and stuff. But even though that might seem gross, it was a way to bring us together, you know, because now right, right. intimate stuff, you ain't going to get there working in corporate America because, you know, mm. you, might be, you might get rolled up for that. We're in the firehouse, <laughs> you know, but if everybody got their own room and own this and my space and, and all that kind of stuff, to me, that that helps with that disconnect that we talked about. So find ways yeah. where they're building the culture of everybody needs their own space and their own room and their own place of the world and their own um, personal support, this and all that. As a company officer, as a training officer, try to find ways to continue to form that bond. So when our bond is strong at the firehouse with who we know, then we can be ready 
to go head out and solve problems for people we don't know. Right. And to me, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We, we ourselves, our team, and our readiness for the community. And it all starts with good home training at the firehouse, training officers, company officers, and hopefully a fire chief that um, thinks that, you know, the same kind of customer service mentality as Chief Romancini historically did. Um, the um, This, we'll be here in another seven weeks with another great guest. Um, it's getting into the fall, so things about to change. If if, um, if if you have a busy department, you probably know what's getting ready to happen. As people start turning those heaters on <laughs> in a couple of months and things like that, uh, fire season ramps up. And uh, we always had that here in this area where, you know, once the um, <laughs> the heaters came on, the fires increased, the people try to stay warm. Mm-hmm. Be safe with that. Be empathetic with that kind of stuff. Um, train, 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 and and get to know each other better on your team so you be better for the team. Get to know each other even across um, all these different lines that people try and draw in the sand, gender and, and Millennials, X generation X, and all that. Hey, squat, minimize that and maximize the human connection. Yeah, yeah, you're guaranteed to have a better um, fire service. So, um, I think uh, I can't think of anything. I know. Check out the website www.bluenationldc.com. See where David and I are gonna be next. Um, but I know we are get ready to start sending up our paperwork for fire school. So hopefully we see you there, McGlynn. And then um, FDIC, and then everything in between. But um, thanks a lot. Look for Dave's book this fall. I'm sure you check out social media. Tell you where to get it. Yeah, um, and you're in it. Yep, thank you're you. Yeah, yeah. I'm in it, so I appreciate appreciate yeah, the thank opportunity you. for that. But um, so stay safe, Chief McGlynn, um, Mama David. Keep it 100. Thank you guys. Well, I love you guys, man. Thank you for making me feel like, you know, like family. That's, that's what I love yeah, about you yeah. guys. Thank you. You are, you are a light-skinned brother, man. You are a light-skinned brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Irish skin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I did the best I could. You did the best you could. I'm trying to set you up for this. I finally got in this. You did the best you could. Thank you. But yeah, we'll uh, see you in another seven weeks for another great show. So we'll talk to you later. All right. Hello. Good night. Good night. Thank you.